Welcome to Understanding the Law Radio, your business success and legal information station. And now, your host, Peter Lamont. Well, hi, and thanks for joining me for another episode of Understanding the Law Radio. I'm Peter Lamont, along with Brendan. How you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing pretty all right. And uh, pretty all right. Yeah. Well, I guess that's it's better as, than... It's good as, good as it gets. Good as it gets. Well, today we're going to be talking about fan films. I don't think there's too many of those. Not, not that kind of fan. Fans. Like movies fans. about a, a big swirly thing? No. No, no, no. Oh. No. Well, that's what I came here all prepared to talk about. Now I got to throw away all these notes. Great. Yeah, you, you studied fans? That's right. All right. Well, so here's the deal. We're talking about fan films. Films that are made by fans of a particular character or movie, and, and they love it so much. They become so in, in involved with it that they want to create their own part of that universe. They want to be part of that universe. You know, and right. and I'm thinking about films that that have become iconic. You you know you don't have um, a small one-off film and then somebody makes a fan film of it typically, right? Right. I mean, yeah. But you know, when you're talking about big films, you're talking about Star Wars, Star right. Trek. You're right. talking about I don't know James Bond and mm-hmm. more recently maybe Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Right. There is so much um, love built into these communities that like these movies. Right, and it usually starts the same way. You've got a, a giant IP. You've got something like, you know, Star Wars. There's so much Star Wars. And there's, you know, huge communities that surround, you know, the IP, and there, there's tons of people involved, and they all have their own ideas. And a couple people usually come together and say, hey, I think we can make a pretty cool movie, you know, and stuff like that. Yeah, and when you say IP, you're referring to intellectual property. So right. it's... It's the intellectual property that's owned by the creators or the, you know, we don't know who owns particular things. It could be the distributor owns it, the Mm -hmm. creator owns it, the, you know, whole host of of different people. That's not important. What's important is the idea that there is an existing body of work, an existing creation Mm -hmm. that fans become so, fall so in love with that they want to be part of that universe and create their own thing. Right. And, and, you know, we are going to talk about today whether or not you can do that. And, you know, I think when you and look... we're at, going to give examples of people that tried. Yeah. And I think when you, when you look at it historically and you say, well, how long have fan films become or, or been popular? I think they've been probably around forever, but as long as the movie was big enough. But right. I think with, with the internet mm-hmm. and um, places like Reddit where you can build massive communities you even youtube wherever reddit reddit is insanely you know huge you could do pretty much anything right and these massive communities of people that just love whatever it is you know they they generate these ideas and they're like oh you know imagine if um you know boba fett decided that he was going to um meet doctor who get in the in the in the tardis and then get a job in new york city as a stockbroker, and he wore the helmet all the time and as a stockbroker, he rose the price of GameStop stock super high. Super high. Just a theoretical here. Because he wanted people to buy the GameCube, Boba Fett, or Django Fett game. Django Fett game. Django Fett game. Bounty Hunter. Right? Star Wars Bounty That's Hunter. That's right. So there, there, we just created a fan film. There we go. Okay. Now what All can right, I do with so that? That's the question. If you like this idea, go on Instagram, send us some money, and uh, if you send us $10 or more, you'll be in the film. Yeah, don't do that. That's a lie. That's not going to happen. <laughs> so so let's talk about this for a minute. And in, in particular, I want to talk about some of the most popular ones that have been um, you know, on social media recently. One of them being 
Ratatouille. 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 What was that? Ratatouille. Okay. All right. So Ratatouille, the Disney movie. You uh-huh. know the one with the rat? Yeah, I know the one with the rat. Yeah. What was his name? Oh, God. I think it was like Remy. I think it was Remy. That's and it. The, and the tall guy is named Linguini because, you know. Well, who's named Ratatouille? No one's named Ratatouille. That's like the name of the dish or whatever. And the uh, rat makes it. It's Ratatouille. I just wanted to make sure that we were talking about the same thing. That's right. Okay. We, we are. All right. So Ratatouille. mistake Ratatouille for anything else. I didn't realize, honestly, that Ratatouille was such a popular film. Did you? <laughs> you know, I, I didn't. But then it got like this status on the internet where it's like almost like a joke. Where it's like, oh, you know, Ratatouille. And people make jokes. And people talk about, yeah. And do they and, say and the then, name of the, the film like Ratatouille? No one no. has ever said it like that. Well, I did. No. Well, thanks for that. I didn't realize it was as popular until, you know, what we're going to talk about happened. Right. So, well, I mean, I guess it's semi-popular because they are putting in that Ratatouille ride in Epcot. That's in right. In the France Pavilion. And that's going to be cool. That's going to be really cool. It's like a track list and you get the screens and you're you know, in yeah. a mouse. It's a rat. No. Yep. It's a rat. Oh, my God. It's not Mouse-a-Tooie. Oh. <laughs> Are you sure you, you're talking about the same film that I am? <laughs> I anyway. was thinking of Mickey Mouse, Ricky Rat, you know. They have nothing to do with each other. They could. They might fight. What's you know? the rat from the Muppets? Rizzo. Rizzo. That's right. All right. Anyway, back on track. <laughs> so, Ratatouille. It, it generated this um, fan love and ultimately resulted in um, a group of people putting out a Ratatouille musical, Ratatouille the musical on TikTok. Ratatiktokers. That's not Those are the called. people that made the, yes. They're no, called TikTokers, called. okay? So Ratatiktokers. Sounded better in my head, but the point is a whole bunch of TikTokers. TikTok is uh, an app, in case you don't know, you know, in case I case don't know. In case you're out of touch. Yeah, I'm specifically talking to you okay. here. I'm sure all our viewers know what TikTok is. Of course. Uh, you mean every, every young person is. Right. Um, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> TikTok is an app where you can uh, – it, it's spurred from uh, Musical.ly, which was an app where you take 15 or 20-second videos of yourself lip-syncing a song. And it was – that app got shut down uh, or I think taken over by yeah, TikTok. it was taken over. It was yeah. taken over, right. And TikTok essentially does the same thing, but people have got really creative with it. It's 15-second videos where instead of lip-syncing to the song, the song is background for a tiny, tiny short film. Like you're cooking a cake, and after you you know, open up the oven, there's a person inside. And, and none of it really makes sense. It's just fun, goofy stuff. But We need a TikTok account. That's right. All right well, I'm just... putting that on the, on the to-do list. All right. So Get down there. All right. So anyway, so, so they're going to create this Ratatouille musical on tiktok that's the idea behind it right and disney if you've ever followed uh disney in the news Mm -hmm. you know that disney is extremely protective over its intellectual property right absolutely you know they're they're probably one of the uh largest or or um they're one of the companies that go after people the most with copyright infringement and things like that right right uh, Nintendo's another one that's a huge, even though they're not films, Nintendo's is another company that really aggressively pursues copyright infringement. Any any person that were to make a fan-made game based off of Nintendo gets immediately taken down. And we can talk about that in a later episode. Yeah, you know? I think we're going to do that because I do want to talk about, just as a, as a teaser, I want to talk about in another episode, um, ROMs, video right. game ROMs and mm-hmm. ROM hacks and uh, whether or not that's 
legal, illegal. As well as fan games. You fan, know? Right, right. But let's focus today on this Ratatouille thing and the idea of the fan film. So right. what, what happened that Disney ultimately gives its blessing to this Ratatouille TikTok the musical? I mean, I think I have an idea as to why. All right. Well, I'm going to tell you why. But before, oh, all but right. before, <laughs> before we get to why, I want to talk about another film. Okay. And then we're going to tie this all together. All right. So there's this guy on YouTube, mm-hmm. Star Wars Theory. Right. He's a very, very popular Star Wars-based YouTube channel where he talks about... Initially, it was like you never saw his face, right? And it just mm-hmm. started off with his his theories of how things happened and why. Right. And things that might not be canon or what. He'd really uh, delve into the the little known lore based on right. like single sentences from a comic book. Right. So he, he was a really big Star Wars fan. Right. And he got super, super popular. And it's a fun channel if you like Star Wars. And, right. Um, you know, his channel became so popular that he decided that he was going to create a Darth Vader film, fan film, a Vader fan film. And he made it. Really? And I believe, I mean, based upon what I've read and what I've seen on his YouTube channel, it was quite expensive to put this production together. I think he said, yeah, it was definitely very expensive. I saw that. Like a million dollars something or something like, like that. that. I'm pretty sure that's what I heard too. Right. And and he made this film, which I saw. It's very short, right? It was like the first chapter of the film. Right. Super professional. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it, hard to tell that this is a fan film. When we're talking about, you know, extreme production quality here this is great right and his film is up really right now what's going on i mean are fan films if i'm not in tune with legal issues Mm -hmm. i'm looking at these things on the internet and i'm like hey look there's a star wars fan film there's tons of star trek fan films there's a ratatouille the musical right right so I guess it's okay to go out and make a fan film, right? Can I go make a, a Harry Potter fan film or a Lethal Weapon fan film? I or mean, sure. Yeah, right? I would I would assume so. What about, you know, I like MacGyver, that show from the 80s. You know, for those of you who don't remember MacGyver, you got to look him up. And I'm not talking about MacGruber, but I am going to talk about MacGruber in a minute. So MacGyver was a television show, and, th- and this guy was uh, Richard Dean Anderson, this this Canadian actor. Actually, I think his name was MacGyver. Okay. Well, he played the character of MacGyver, and MacGyver <laughs> was, like, opposed to guns, and, and he was um, super handy, right? Like, he could create anything out of nothing. Like, you give him, uh, you know, a, a bale of hay, a mm-hmm. pocket knife, and a straw, and he could make a parachute that would support him jumping over the Andy Mountains, right? Something right. like that. And it was a great show. And then... There was a character, I believe it originated on Saturday Night Live, called MacGruber, mm-hmm. right? Which was a knockoff of him. Right. And and MacGruber ultimately was a movie, right? Now, I've thrown a lot of things out here, right? And we're going to break it down in a minute. I know this is a, a little bit of a confusing way to get into this, but... You got to be on your toes for this one. You got to right. be, you know. You got to be paying attention. Right. But the idea here is that I'm sitting back. I know nothing about the law, right? And I'm mm-hmm. looking at this. Hey... They, they, here's a knockoff of MacGyver called MacGruber. Here's Ratatouille the musical, right? Right. Here's Star Wars, a Darth Vader fan film. Mm-hmm. Star Trek films. I guess it's fair game. I guess it's okay. I can go make my own film, my own right. fan Seems film. Seems so. Right? That well, does not mean you can make a law office's 
or understanding the law radio fan film. All right? can't, you can't do that. Unless you get like Arnold Schwarzenegger to play me, in which case I'll let it play. I'll let it pass. I'll let it slide. You're shooting for Arnold. That's right. I, I, I'm fairly sure he'll be okay with that. Turbo man. Yeah. Okay. So here's the answer to this thing. And it gets complicated, right? But the bottom line is that you can't go out and create a fan film without the risk of being sued. Did you know that? I did not know that. All right. So the rule is that if you own the copyright, you're the creator of, of this. Let's take Ratatouille since we're talking about that or, or Star right. Wars, either one you pick. Right. Which, what, what do you want to talk about? Oh, boy, this is a hard choice. Ratatouille. Uh, <laughs> so we're going to pick Ratatouille. Is Ratatouille, that what you said? That, All right, that is what I said. All right. So I didn't say it. Maybe it was a rat. Yeah, well, it's not a mouse. So Ratatouille. How is how are is, is Disney okay with this? And and what's what's the rule behind the fan fiction, the fan films? Well, Disney owns the copyright and the intellectual property mm-hmm. associated with Ratatouille. They own it. It's theirs. Right, right. And so under US copyright law, you can't go out and make a film with those characters in it. Right. And you can't create your own fan film because creating your own fan film is considered a derivative work of the intellectual property owned by Disney, mm-hmm. right? Right. I'm making a derivative work from something that already exists, right? And I'm making Ratatouille the musical, right? And you know that creation came from somebody else. Mm-hmm. So the fact that you love it, you love rats, you love Ratatouille. You know, you love the whole thing. It's like Top Chef in animated form. Right. You want to make a film. That doesn't mean that you have the right to go do that. As a matter of fact, nine times out of ten, Disney's going to turn around and sue you for copyright infringement, and they're going to seek damages, and they're going to argue that you've created a derivative work off of something that they owned, and boom, boom, you're in trouble. Right. Right? And if they hit you for damages, there's statutory damages, and then they look and see, you know, how, how else can we calculate damages? You know, right. Did you sell the movie? Did you not sell the movie? Okay, mm-hmm. so right off the bat, I'm telling you that the rule is that you cannot create a derivative work of somebody else's IP. Right. So fan films, in theory, outlawed, illegal, mm-hmm. can't do it. Mm-hmm. Okay, well then how did MacGruber come about? How did someone create MacGruber? Well, they probably of were MacGyver. sitting in a writing room, and they said, hey, wouldn't it be funny if we parodied MacGyver? Right. Parody is the exact keyword that we're looking at. That was here. a joke because. with a truth in it. That's really great. Yeah. Really good. Very smart, this episode. So the point here is that there is an exclusion to, to copyright law. When you can say or use something mm-hmm. that's not your own, and it's called the fair use doctrine. Mm-hmm. And the fair use doctrine... It's a case-by-case analysis, so there's not, like, you know, a rule that says, boom, this is fair use, right? Right. It's interpreted on a case-by-case basis. But in general, what they, the courts, look at to determine whether or not something is fair use is the nature of the original work, the nature or purpose of what you're using it for. So, for example, are you using it for commercial use or for nonprofit or educational use, right? Right. is it transformative? Are you adding something new to it? You know, are you are you taking it and making it something completely different? So that's another component. How much of it was used? You know, was it was it a, a small part of what the the work was? 
right. being used, or was it a larger part? Um, does what you did affect the rights of the original copyright? Did it diminish or change the value of what you've done? So these are the, 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 the tests that they run to determine fair use. You can't just simply say, this is fair use, this is not. Right. right? And parodies... Case-by-case case basis. Exactly. And parodies are one of those um, exclusions. Those are one of the things that trigger fair use. So MacGruber, in theory, is okay because it's a parody. The same way that... Um, I don't know if you remember, but there was a, a, a film back in the 70s, maybe it was... 79, 78, something like that. It was right, right after Star Wars, the original, A New Hope, came out. And I believe it was called Hardware Wars. You ever see that one? There's like a I have toaster. Seen that. Yes. And then there's like a, a, a manual egg beater, right? Yes. I've also seen Spaceballs, which is a parody of Star Wars. Right. So all these things are permissible under parodies, right? So that would be fair use. But we're talking about Ratatouille the Musical. Mm-hmm. Ratatouille the Musical is not a parody. Right. Okay. And there's significant use of this rat. Mm-hmm. So if you look at that test that we it, talked about. It pretty about, much seems like, you know. It's a violation. Absolutely. Right? So the nature of the original work, right? Mm-hmm. Then we look at how much of it's being used. Right. Like let's, let, let's compare Ratatouille and then the Darth Vader film. Right. The Darth Vader, Darth Vader film was all Darth Vader. It was all Star Wars. I mean, the entire thing was part of now owned by Disney, it was mm-hmm. Lucasfilm owned by Disney, uh, their IP. Absolutely. Right? So it's a huge part of it, but then we look at the other factors. How about commercial use? Is it for commercial use or right. not commercial use? And, and that's where we start to say, all right, well, the Vader film, was it for commercial use? And the guy had clearly said, no, no money is going to be made from it. So in that world... I'm going to make a fan film, mm-hmm. follow me here, and I'm not going to charge any money for it, and I'm not going to make any money for it. Is that legal? No. St- that's right. It's still not legal. Not at all. Because you're still infringing on somebody's copyright. Right. So how then does Ratatouille get a musical, Vader get a film, and it's because these guys ask permission. Really? That's what it comes down to. So, you know, you you read the the articles about the Vader film or Ratatouille, and oftentimes they neglect to tell you this one key component, which is if you are going to make a fan film, Mm -hmm. you need to get permission from the owner of the copyright. So Star Wars Theory, for example, went out and he approached Lucasfilm and he said, I want to make a fan film. I'm not going to make any money off of it. I'm not going to charge anybody. I just love this and I want to do it. Right. So Lucasfilm, Disney says, okay, but no crowdfunding, right? Right. You got to generate your own money, mm-hmm. and, and likely that was derived from revenue earned from his YouTube channel, okay? And go out and do it. And then even with that permission, by the way, this is just a side note on that Vader film, he used um, music, I believe, was the issue in right. the film, and... Disney's other department, the musical department, put a copyright strike on it mm-hmm. on YouTube because he used that. And and he had to go back to them and then they said, yeah, 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 mistake, sorry, right? Right. And he was able to release that film, okay? 
Ratatouille the Musical. They asked for permission. And they said yes. And they said yes. And the whole idea of it is that this is a production that's going to be generating money, but where's the money going to go? To charity. Oh. And so Disney is on board with this because of that. Because of charity. Uh-huh. Because the guy <laughs> or the group of people asked for permission, number one, and then, you know, adhered to parameters set by the copyright owner. Mm-hmm. It's very, very similar when you think about it on a simple um, scale to early rap artists, hip-hop artists, where they would sample a piece of um, music, like one that jumps into my head, not because it's fabulous rap artist, but Vanilla Ice. Right. So in his Ice Ice Baby song, he sampled parts of Under Pressure by Queen. And there was a lawsuit out of that, right? And then, you know, you know as hip-hop evolved, I think now people know you got to ask permission if you're going to sample somebody else's you know, riff or, or beat or whatever, right? Same thing here. You just can't, because you're a fan, say, I love this so much and I want to get involved in this. I'm going to go out and I'm going to make my own film. You can, however, ask for permission. Right. You know, we were talking, you and I, the other day about Star Trek as an example of uh, intellectual property rights. And, and you can make a Star Trek fan film right oh yeah there's actually guidelines on the website that say how you can make a star trek fan film and they say no profanity no nudity no you know uh it has to be family friendly if they're and and an interesting rule that i actually thought was really interesting oh also you have to put the title like a star trek fan production underneath it the title of the actual work can't have star trek in it but the rule that i found most interesting is that if you're going to use a prop costume or set piece that is commercially available you must use the commercially available version so if you're going to have captain kirk in his uh his yellow you know suit or whatever i've never watched star trek no, i'm just kidding um <laughs> you have to buy a commercially available version of that rather than make your own if there's something that there is no you know version of that you can buy that then you'd be fine making your own but you know you know what i'm saying like anything yeah. Right, and, and so again, parameters. So right. Star Trek is basically saying you have permission so long as you stay within these parameters, but you better, you know, you'll, you bet that they're going to come after you if you violate those those terms. Right, and you know, there, there's always the, the risk. So like when they do that, there's a reason behind it. They're not just being mean. They don't want someone to make like a completely nude fan film that gets so much more popular than the original. You know, that would be such a giant, terrible thing for the brand, for their image, you know, for everything. And I think in future episodes, including the game one, we're going to talk about fan things that got bigger and more popular than the original. But, you know, nobody wants to see that happen to their brand. If you made, if you, imagine if you, the listener, uh, you made a character, you know, little Todd. And little Todd was was a, a mechanic like Super Mario and he jumped around or whatever, and you loved your character. I don't know, terrible character idea, but feel free to take it. Um, you loved your character. He was awesome. And then someone took that from you and made him into some terrible thing. Like a murderer. Like right. Little Todd the murderer. Little Todd the killer. Yeah. And it's a terrible, bloody gore fest. And something you made so much money on is now getting ripped off 
taken from you and put in a terribly negative light. Right. And it's like, you know, it, it's a whole host of things. You know, imagine you're a Star Trek fan and you take Captain Kirk and then you you turn him into something that's completely against what the entire vision of that character was. Right. It's kind of like what Ryan Johnson did to Luke Skywalker in, uh, what was that film? <laughs> the Last Jedi. Well, this is more of an opinion than a yeah. copyright infringement. But Yeah, well, I do have to say, you know, he, he took... I, I didn't like the sequels. He took an amazing character and he totally destroyed him. So maybe somebody should issue a copyright strike That's right. against Ryan Johnson. That's because right. he took Luke Skywalker and made him horrible. Right. Horrible. Mark Hamill, I feel your pain. I was not a big fan of the last three Star Wars <sighs> movies. I like well, The Mandalorian, though. That, Mandalorian's That awesome. is good. Oh, and, and that's something else that we have to talk about in another episode. You know, this this Gina Carano. Did you hear about her? I did hear about this. Fired. I know. Fired from it. And um, I think that that's a real good topic to talk about in another episode about, you know, freedom of speech and what you can and, and, and can't say in, in today's world and how it impacts your business your job, everything. Yeah, I mean, so it's interesting. But we're just spinning off on these topics. I want to get back to what we're talking right. about, which is fan films. And so, an endless stream of content coming your way. Yeah, right. Um, so the idea with the fan films, again, if you're going to make a fan film, you've got to ask permission, and then you've got to stay within the parameters and guidelines. Mm -hmm. Typically, you're not going to be allowed to generate revenue. They are going to tell you what you can and can't do. But if you don't ask permission, I can guarantee you that you're going to end up getting sued. So fan films need to have permission. Right. Now, why does the owner of an intellectual property like Star Wars or Ratatouille, why do they give you permission? Well, I don't know. But I do have a thought about the Ratatouille one. It was right at the beginning of COVID, it was actually the, the the musical itself came out. I think it was New Year's Eve, and so that was like when the showing was. So it was it was, it was during COVID. Disney's image had been you know kind of um, not super great at that point with a lot of stuff they were doing, um, and so I think of it like personally. I'd imagine Disney allowed them to make the Ratatouille fan film to kind of you know not have their image so terribly dragged through the mud any further. Well, I partially agree with that. I, I think, you know, you want to say it this way, though. They they derive a benefit. There is an absolute benefit from fan content. Right. So long as advertisement. it's... Right, exactly. Free advertisement. Right. So this guy, Star Wars Theory, creates the Vader fan film. People watch it, and now it's free advertising... For right. Disney and Star Wars. Absolutely. Same with Star Trek. And I think uh, I think the Ratatouille thing is also interesting because Ratatouille, like I said, it's a giant meme on the internet. Um, tons of in-jokes involving Ratatouille. And so I'm sure that there's so many people who haven't even watched it. Like, I'm, I'm sure that right. tons of these Isn't people Isn't it also interesting jokes. that they're opening a Ratatouille ride this year right. in the it's, France it's all It all lines up for Disney. Of course. Here. Of course. The reason that people allow this is because it benefits them. Nobody, Walt Disney is laughing in his cryogenically frozen tube. <laughs> there is no way any owner of intellectual property, any owner of uh, a film, right. would allow you to make a fan film that in some way did not benefit them. Right. Okay? Nine times out of ten, it's going to benefit them. 
that's why you can see fan films out there. But you've got to go back and you've got to dig deep and say, permission. Did, did anybody ask? Nine times out of ten, the answer is yes. Because if you don't, you're going to get sued. Right. So all these fan films you're seeing, A, there's been permission. B, it's been within parameters. And C, the owner of that copyright derives some benefit from it, mm-hmm. whether it's free advertising, whether it's, um, you know, uh, a new interest in an old character, mm-hmm. whatever it might be, you know darn well that they're getting something from this. That's the same reason that Disney permits YouTubers to essentially make a living off of their parks. Absolutely. That's a huge topic because, you know, I watch a lot of Disney YouTubers and there's two kinds. There's the kind that I like more, the kind that talk about facts about Disney World and, you know, interesting ideas and, you know, their theories and their favorite rides, whatever. That I like because it reminds me of when I go to Disney, which is often go to Disney. You know, we're not sponsored by Disney. Go to Disney. I'm just kidding. Uh, but, and then there's the, yeah, <laughs> there's the vloggers. <laughs> there's the vloggers who literally spend their day at Disney World. They take a 20-minute video of them going on all the rides And then they put it on YouTube, and people love to watch it because they love the people. But essentially, it's a giant commercial. Like, you don't realize Well, it's a commercial for Disney, and that's why they allow it. Because these YouTubers are making, they're literally making income from ads. By going to Disney. Right. And so here's- Imagine that. Imagine you make your living by going to Disney World every day. I don't actually think that's a bad idea. It's crazy when you think about it. But somebody else has created all of this. They created this world. They created the rides. They created the, the uh, well, characters. Well, I think we know who created the world. It's in the name. It's not Peter about, Lamont World. Are you talking about the world? No, no, no. no. You're I'm talking, talking about, about Disney? Walt Disney yeah, okay. World. The idea here, though, is that you're making a living. I mean, a literal living. Making money by doing nothing other than going to somebody else's creation and generating content. Right. Right? And the reason they allow that is because it is free advertising. Disney, Universal, Bush Gardens, every theme park in, in Central Florida right. derives a significant benefit. And, and you know that they're deriving a benefit, which is why they allow it, because when a YouTuber goes astray, puts out content that they shouldn't, says something inappropriate, even borderline inappropriate, what happens? They're pulled. Right. Right. Disney said, we're not comping you anything anymore. You know, you, we're done. You're, you you can't put that content up. Right. Right. And um, there was a guy, Adam the Woo, and uh, you know who he is? Yes. He's okay. a very interesting uh, topic because he used to do videos. And by the way, Adam the Woo, I think, is an awesome YouTuber, and you should totally look uh, check him out. But he used to do videos where he'd sneak into Disney property in areas where he's not allowed. Right, and film it. And then ultimately, at some point, he got thrown out of Disney. And Universal. Right. And then ultimately, he, he got back in. That That's not even the point of it. But right. my point is that when Disney sees that their benefit is slowly diminishing, boom, they get rid of that person. So right. they, they're allowing this. They're permitting this because it benefits them. And the same with the fan films, right? It's, right. it's a little bit different than a YouTuber. And we can talk about YouTube in another episode, but... Fan films, it really comes down to those three things. One, did you ask permission? Two, are you generating revenue? Or, you know, are you staying within the parameters of their of their uh, requirements? Right. And then three, is there a benefit for the intellectual property? 
holder. Mm-hmm. And I hope that that sort of, I know this was a, a very long, circular reasoning way to get to the point of, of the episode today, but I think that the lesson here are those three points. What are they again? Permission, mm-hmm. staying within the parameters of the IP holder, right? and does the IP holder derive significant benefit from what you're doing? Right. That's really what it comes down to. So, and rats. To do it. But, you know, I think I think that, you know, we've tried to to lay this out in a in a clear way because it's super confusing. It is very confusing. It's it's not, you know, you know simple. If, right. It's not and and if you're not, you know, in the legal field, you're looking at these things and you're saying, Well, how is this permissible? Right. Why is this allowed? You know, I guess it is allowed. And there's a ton of misinformation on the internet about fair use. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone that that throws a clip of uh, an NHL game or a music clip into their their YouTube video, mm-hmm. you know, they're thinking that, uh, oh, it's fair use, and they'll put, like, a fair use disclaimer in their description. It doesn't necessarily mean it's fair use. So right. a lot of misinformation about it. I think it's good to talk about things like this because I, I think there's a value in the fan fiction to an extent. But, you know, again, if you're the, um, if you're the copyright holder, if you own it, like you gave that example about that character, that you created, right? What was his name? It's like little little Todd, small Todd. <laughs> I don't remember, but don't steal him. I'm actually trademarking him. I've well, decided. A- actually, you you gave permission for people to do. Oh, that's Todd. right. Yeah, oh, so great. Somebody's already got a, a little Todd fan fan film. Great. Um, no, but but really, I think that um, getting a better handle on this and and understanding that you know if if you Let's take it on the flip side. You know, we've been talking about fans this whole thing, but what if you created your work? You don't want somebody tarnishing it. You don't want right. somebody morphing your vision into something that's wildly, um, not even inappropriate, but just differs from your vision. You you put all that effort into it. You put all that time and love and money and passion into mm-hmm. creating something. You don't want somebody to just go and steal it. Right. So... I know there's a ton of people out on the internet that get mad when they say Disney, the evil empire, has put a copyright strike on somebody and they're not allowing them to do this. But right. if you look at it on the reverse end, I I wouldn't want somebody taking something that, that I created, like a character or whatnot, and ripping it off right. without asking me. I think that that's, I think it's a pretty fair thing. When you, when you really get down to brass tacks and, you know, why are they putting these copyright strikes? What is the, the, the point behind it? And then you got to ask yourself, did that person ask for permission? Did they stay within the parameters? You know, were they, um, you know, doing something that, that didn't bring a benefit to the actual copyright owner? Right. And, and I think that's your answer. So that's it with fan films. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Just Just one more thought. I don't dislike fan films. Mm-hmm. I think that they can be fun. Right. But I also think that I would rather, you know, have something like, I don't know, something I love. I love Star Wars, right? Right. So I'd rather have Star Wars protected. I'd rather have, and again, not that I'm super thrilled with the direction that Star Wars has gone in the in the films, right? Mm-hmm. But I would rather have Lucasfilm and Disney or whoever owns it at some point in the future, right, have control over that world instead of just a free-for-all. 
Right. Everybody creating content and, um, you know, it, it becomes too overwhelming, too confusing. Mm-hmm. It diminishes the value of the original works. So, you know, I think you got to be careful with that. And and separate from that, just one other thought. Right. Even though I've said this like five times. Separate. Yes, separate. Um, I'm on a roll today. You really are. A ratatouille roll. Nah. Can you put ratatouille in a roll? I, I, I don't know. I don't think you know what ratatouille is. It's like a stew. I don't know what ratatouille is either. Well, then. So. <laughs> I know what mousatouille is, but that's a little bit different. Anyway, go ahead. Well, now I lost my train of thought. <laughs> no, I, I literally. My, are you kidding? You said. The train. A little bit. Has left the station. Oh, my God. You, you were, we were talking. You said uh, a little bit off topic. Yep. Totally off topic. So much off topic that I forgot. <laughs> so I guess that's going to have to do it for this episode. Uh, hopefully it was informative, not too confusing. And um, a lot of these topics that we talked about on this episode, you know, the ROMs and that stuff, that's going to be in future episodes because it's really worth looking into. So, all right. Uh, I think for lunch, we know what we're going to be having. What's that? <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for this episode. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure that you let your friends and family know about UTL Radio and uh, tune into the next episode. Thanks. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to Understanding the Law Radio. Make sure you follow Peter on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and stay tuned for future episodes.